and welcome to the Decora Edit podcast. My name is Julia and my guest for today's episode is Flavio. For the past eight years, Flavio has been working for tech startups as a software engineer in Lisbon, London and the United States. His background is in mechanical engineering and in the specific computer methods applied to engineering problems. Flavio has an interest in sustainability and renewable energies, and in this episode, we will bring to you our conversation on life cycle assessment and technology. We discussed what a life cycle assessment is, what it means to fundamental environmental claims, and the difficulties that small brands face performing life cycle assessments. We will also touch on the absence of data to support those claims and what the fashion industry could learn from the web software sphere regarding sharing intellectual property and data. So without any further ado, here is our conversation. So I wanted to have this conversation with Flavio because uh, he's going to be the first guest of a more technical collection of talks for the Decora Edit, which we will discuss more technical topics. Um, and uh, yes, I will let him introduce himself uh, because it's going to bring some, some good knowledge for us today. Yeah, so uh, my name is uh, Flavio. Um, these, these days I market myself as a software engineer. I lived in London for, uh, for the past five, five years, recently moved to, to Portugal. And uh, I've got a background in mechanical engineering, um, more specifically into, um, it's like, you can say it's uh, computational maths, which is how I got into, into software development in, in the first place. Um, and most specific, perhaps more, more uh, relevant to what we're going to talk about today, um, I have so the, the, the course, especially the, the last years, they were very um, sustainability, like environmentally minded. So there was a lot of talk about energy management, uh, optimizing, uh, and the, the whole country, uh, so yeah, I in, in Lisbon, the, the, the whole country, Portugal, was going through this phase where it was strategic for the country to reduce um, emissions by increasing efficiency so all the everyone that was related to any like sort of industrial um, profession um, had this mindset right. yeah yes so the idea of this conversation and why I have Flavio here today is because uh, on our previous uh, podcast on our previous episode I had a chat with uh, Salem and Fedra and in specific with Salem who is an energy and sustainability engineer, we spoke, we had a, a, a small chat about LCA, so life cycle assessment, uh, especially in regards to the, the methods of uh, measuring sustainability, especially when it comes to um, production, at the production level. So I was discussing with uh, with Flavio to to dive a bit deeper into the life cycle assessment and uh, take it in coming from a more technical perspective and and so how did you start 
to learn about the life cycle assessment. So what's your experience with life cycle assessment? So we had a university course um, that dealt precisely with this, this sort of thing. And that's, that's when I first got interested in the, this sort of thing. Um, and over the years, um, I've been just the, the, I got this awareness from the course, uh, regarding, um, sustainability claims. So you would see, you would see companies doing, of oh, this product or this, this, this garment or some other thing they were promoting is more sustainable than the competition because it uses recycl recyclable, uh, materials or, um, it's made of cork or some, something like that. Yeah. And after, after you go through, uh, after you learn how to do uh, life cycle assessments, uh, and you get into that, it's, it's more a, a, a way of thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, um, you, you, you need, you need more, more evidence. Like you, you get very, very skeptical of, um, of these claims. Right. So you, you get, you get very, okay. Um, it's, it's not obvious that something just because it's recycle, recycle or because it uses some material that is a natural uh, material, um, that it's more, um, su sustainable. It's not obvious because yeah. there's, there's like a whole, uh, complexity, industrial processes, uh, logistics, uh, everything has to be accounted. Everything has to be accounted um, um, in the like in the in the in the, in the final environmental uh, um, footprint right. of the of the product. Yes, I guess what really interested me uh, from this idea of really kind of dive deeper into what actual sustainability means for, for a brand when they're marketing their products as sustainable is the fact that uh, as a consumer, you just don't know. You just don't know what goes behind the scenes at, the at 360 degrees sort of um, perspective. And so coming from a design perspective, um, I, I have... I studied fashion design at university. That's the life cycle assessment is not something that we ever touched, uh, and uh, in fact, it's probably the starting point where you should build your own product from, and uh, knowing exactly where and what you're gonna incorporate into the production side of 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 the product. I, I think is 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 really important. You can't measure. Otherwise, you can't measure sustainability, you can't measure anything unless you have a paper that kind of states what materials are you using and all of that. Yeah. So going back to the actual life cycle assessment, um, what, uh, what is it? What, why is it so important and what right. goes behind it? So um, I actually brought a... Um, I actually brought the documentation, which I just finished highlighting. By the way, we're here with the with Odino. With Odino, doing some. <laughs> He's also uh, our guest. Odino is the guest. Maybe not so much into the life cycle assessment as we are, but. Um, right. So. Um, 
so a bit maybe a bit of, of context um, which I recently learned um, so basically um, the, the the story is uh, coca-cola was the first company to produce like what could can be called like a, a life cycle assessment and they they wanted to um, they wanted to uh, make some they want to switch from bottles to uh, cans, and they they wanted to ha have some some basis uh, behind this, this decision in terms of environmental impact, and so uh, the commission the, the the study like got a bunch of engineers to collect all the data and um, that that kind of be, became a thing. That they they were the first in the industry to do something like 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 this, and it was like around the sixties mm -hmm. or um, or the seventies. Um, you you can you can refer the um, the sources. Yes, for sure. Afterwards. We're gonna include everything on the description box, and that's also key quiz. <laughs> Another guest of this episode. A bit of jumping around. Um, I guess they'll also want their attention. Yeah, I think, I think they want the attention. <laughs> but anyway, um, um, yes. Right. So, so th that's like the context. And, and then um, from uh, what I learned, uh, it kind of became like a thing in the industry. So, okay, if, if, if people are gonna, if companies are gonna start going around and making uh, like environmental studies, we need to agree on some, um, like we, we need to agree on some framework other, otherwise um, there's no basis to do any sort of comparison right right yeah of course. and so a bunch of industry leaders came together and they created the, uh, an ISO norm which is a 14040 mm -hmm. which is like the document that, that I have here and it's it's very it's very abstract um, and if you've never it's 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 very it's very abstract. The document is not very long, but if you've never done anything like this, um, it might be hard to understand uh, what what the purpose. So, just to to answer your question, basically it's a uh, frame framework that lets you um, account for everything that goes into a product mm -hmm. uh, throughout the life cycle. So you account for um, uh, you account for the, the materials that were collected for, for the, that we use for the for the garment, sorry for the um, for the product right. or or a, a garment. garment. Yeah, 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 that's a product. Like raw material <laughs> like uh, cotton, etc. And then all all the industrial processes be behind like weaving or um, you know in in the in the case of like um, like some some industrial component like the amount of energy consumed melting the the, the, the raw uh, steel uh, iron um, so plus the entire the entire life useful life of the product until the moment it gets uh, destroyed or recycled depending on, on the type of product um, so for instance you would account in the, in the, in the case of a t-shirt you would account for okay where did the, did the uh, cotton came from mm -hmm. like uh, how much energy did you consume um, processing the, the cotton. Yeah. How many times you, you, you expect the, um, to people to wash the, the shirt throughout his uh, lifetime. And then finally, 
you're going to recycle it, you're going to just throw it in a landfill. Yeah. And so all of this gets put into a model. Sorry, all of this gets put into a model. Um, and then you get different environmental impact cat categories like CO2 emissions, um, like land use, water use, um, uh, you know, like mineral mineral depletion in, in the soil like like that right and now and now and now you are in a place of comparing different products mm -hmm. um, um, you're in a place to compare different products different um, b between different brands right yeah so like in in, in uh, in overall terms, this is what, what an LCA is. Right. So it's not just a matter of understanding materials, because most of the times when we hear about sustainability claims from talking about brands or businesses in general, is just refer to uh, material used, for instance. But in the terms of yeah. having a, an overall understanding whether a product is sustainable or not, there's also the after purchase sort of part of yeah. the life cycle uh, and so obviously when we buy a product uh, is as a consumer is our responsibility to to know what we should do with the product but also it's probably the the, the company's responsibility to educate and to kind of make it easier for consumers to uh, kind of look after the product in a more sustainable way and then recycle or whatever it might be for the end of life. Um, so in terms of life cycle assessment and the use of it, there are other, uh, apart from sustainability claims, which we discussed, uh, are there other reasons why we should do a life cycle assessment? So Yeah. Um, so, so like marketing and supporting sustainability claims is only one uh, one of the aspects. Like the the ISO uh, predicts like or um, highlights like four main uses, um, and it's things like 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 the initial Coca Cola use. Mm -hmm. So what they want to do is uh, they want to um, change something in their in their process, right? Um, and they they want. And usually they, they want to have they have some environmental concern, uh, right? Um, so yeah. that I think that will be the, the main use. Um, so in a way is to really understand your environmental impact for the product that you're producing, but uh, also and that also can be used for marketing purposes because if you have yeah. data you can share um, with consumers. Yeah, I think. If, if you know exactly, so consumers are highly uh, educated, right? Yeah. And they're very sensitive. Um, so they're very sensitive to um, uh, environmental claims. Right. Um, and if, if, if we're talking about consumers that can afford it, they'll usually go uh, with a um, with, with with a product that's best for for the environment, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so, 
So we're talking about something that's uh, like industry specific is usually used by the execs in the company mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to uh, decide how to change things in in, in the company, right? So it's right. it's inf information that was initially used at that level, but once once you're equipped with that type of information, um, it becomes a competitive advantage. You can you can fundament your like. You know, because on the, on the other side, uh, on the consumer side, you're gonna have people that are very sensitive to these claims. Yeah, and that's the only way to measure it, right? That's the only way to measure. Yeah. The claim that you are marketing to your consumer. Yeah, you you have to you have to measure it somehow. I'm pretty sure there's other frameworks, right? Uh, I'm familiar with this one. Yeah. Um, but I think the main the main takeaway is that. Uh, we're talking about um, like complex industrial processes and you have um, it's very hard to tell um, that something just because it's organic and it's uh, you know um, it doesn't mean that it's 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 going to be it's it's not evident mm -hmm. you know that might be the case but it's not evident like if, if you're comparing to a garment that um, sure it might, might be synthetic fiber but it's going to last like 10 times as long yeah you know you have to take that into 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 consideration so are there um sort of results or takeaways from the result of a life cycle assessment that could yeah well change uh, um, um it could make a difference so i, I recently saw uh, one that compared the it was the nudie jeans um uh, case mm -hmm. and they so they were comparing so they had the model for a t-shirt and a pair of jeans and nudie jeans is like this brand very sustainable and they use uh, organic cotton yeah and at this at that point in time i wasn't entirely convinced about uh organic cotton you know use more 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 land um like all all of those variables it wasn't obvious to me how how they would come into play yeah i think also the conversation about um organic cotton is the fact that it uses a lot of water mm -hmm. the production mm -hmm. uh process is uh, very water intensive so, right yes so th those things have to be you know those are legitimate concerns and that's why we have these frameworks so anyway and so they built so the they built the model they build like what's called the inventory where they collect all the um, material sources and all, all, all those things I, I mentioned. Yes. Um, and now you have a model, so you can do something called the sensitivity analysis. Right. So you can say, what if we use a product, what if we swap the um, organic cotton with a non-organic cotton, mm -hmm. uh, some other origin. So you will still keep the same product. But you yeah. just swap one same thing parameter let's you, say. you 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 swap a parameter yeah. and see how that affects um the end result uh, and yeah the effectively um organic cotton overall had a smaller environmental footprint so, so I, I was convinced right. one graph you can read it it's there yes uh everything has been quantified if you have any doubts you read the, the you read what went into the framework, you yeah. read uh, what kind of assumptions w were made. So that 
um, and, and because we're talking about a single graph, you know, it's not it's not that hard to, um, like from from the consumer perspective, perspective, it's not that hard to uh, assess. Yeah, probably the the issue or the difficulty with lifecycle assessment at a consumer level so far is the fact that. Um, it's hard to read, it's hard to understand. It's not well uh, transferred as a, because it's not in use or companies are not sharing it, it's not mandatory uh, in, in some levels, um, it's not shared for the consumer use. And that's the reason why um, we need to put ourselves into the research process to understand really, okay, is that material or is that process more sustainable? Is it actually more sustainable? Is collecting fish nets from the sea more sustainable to produce to produce polyester more sustainable, or is it more sustainable to produce regular polyester? These are just you know questions that I I think we all have, and it's very hard not having the knowledge can like transferred from the brand to really understand uh, behind this. So. When it comes to um, other um, other ways to to kind of put your put the brand in a more sustainable uh, light, uh, are there ways, for instance, where um, you you know you might have a kind of medium environmental impact throughout your uh, life cycle assessment, but then you have initiatives for you know, for the future? Can you kind of balance your environment, environmental impact somehow? Right, that, that reminds me, um, um, yeah, that, that reminds me of an interesting use case, which you can later share as well. Yeah. Which is like this, this uh, Dutch brand of yogurts um, that they wanted to go, they did an LCA and they wanted to go the extra mile. Okay, this yogurt not only uh, is like the most environmental friendly, like emits less CO2 per kilogram of, of yogurt than anyone else. Um, we, we're gonna use that value and offset and pay someone to plant trees so that we offset the, the, the amount of carbon dioxide, which is like something that's not, um, I think it's like a, a novel use of, of the LCA. Right, right, so it's not like a standard approach to the LCA, but uh, is there anything else in the ISO that you think we should uh, will be good to to know or will be good to? Uh, I think it's very boring to go through the document. <laughs> um, yes, I think we we started with the idea of really sharing uh, the the ISO and going through the document and comment, but there are probably parts that are not uh, are not that interesting. No, maybe I don't think, more I don't think it's more geeky. It. Um, I don't think it's worth it. I think everything else we've already mentioned, and there's like no point mentioning like the the technical term terminology of uh, the impact category, the system boundary. Like no no one's. Um, and I guess it's also very specific uh, in terms of what you really want to know. Like if you are a consumer and you want to know about a specific pro products, uh, about specific products, and um, you might need certain requirements for an, an LCA and might be different from business business perspective. So I think it also varies from industry to industry. So of course here we're probably more 
focus on fashion industry so yeah I think um, another question that I wanted to ask you is what are the difficulties so we discussed the fact that it might not very easy to digest at the consumer level um, the, the result of a life cycle assessment but what other uh, issues or what other difficulties are behind this methodology well, um, data gathering is very time-consuming. I don't think small brands can, can access this sort of thing, for instance. Mm -hmm. um, also, you have to make a ton of uh, assumptions along the way, which... So if, if you want to compare products within the same study, um, then, you know, you make the same assumptions relatively to different products. Um, so everything like relatively to each other things kind of balance themselves out but if you're comparing this LCA to some other LCA um, it might not be like fair apples to apples uh, comparison right I remember we looked into uh, a life cycle assessment which was comparing different uh, categories of garments and they were they used uh, time as a measuring, uh, how was it called? Do you remember? Um, usage? The usage. The usage per. As a metric, as a metric for the life cycle garment, assessment. Garment usage. Garment per, usage. Um, per wash? No, per. Per use. Per it use, was per, per use. use. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's, this, this thing is not, it's not obvious. Like, what, what are you going to compare? There's like this thing called the functional unit right which in terms of um, so my, my background being energy um, it's, it's kind of like um, I've already acquired the mindset of using the unit of energy as as as, as functional unit or term, term of comparison but looking at the, the studies of um, uh, the, the fashion industry Yes. Uh, like what do you compare you make the comparison per t-shirt well t-shirts can can have um depending on the material like you, you can have a t-shirt that lasts like twice or three to three 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 times as long like you, so doing doing things like um per unit per time per usage per unit per usage yeah um so it's it's already complicated to to explain. Yeah, I think so it was it was not very straightforward when no, I first no, saw no, that. No, I was not, a bit uh, confused. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I looked at that, I was like, yeah, this is this is this is hard to communicate. So you have to say things like um, this T-shirt. Um, you just have you just have to jump over that specific detail. Right. And then just put like an asterisk in the bottom and say, oh, there's a study. Link, this, link to the study. Yeah, because otherwise, I guess the more easy way to communicate that it could be just per meter, right? Yeah. Compare fabrics or compare products per meter. And so in that way, you can more easily communicate that. But again, I guess that's a, at the company's disclosure. Right, anyone can uh, can decide his own metric to to assess or to compare products. How technical do you wanna go? <laughs> uh, 
I don't know. I mean, if it's... Um, what would you suggest in terms of other metrics that you can compare it? Um, you need a unit of um, like of product and you need a unit of time to, to make to make a comparison. Okay. Uh, you, you need you need to make you need to yeah, let's just go completely down the <laughs> let's, let's, let's do it. You let's need it. um uh, so so it's it's a garment that's that's been produced, but like you know, some like if you want to compare a skirt to a pair of jeans to um, a t-shirt, a garment, you know, they yeah. use completely different. Like you can usually easily have um, a piece of um, garment that's made up of twice as much fabric, right? So it will have twice as much um, the environmental impact, mm -hmm. right? So you have to take these, these things into into consideration. Right. So I would say if you if you're comparing. Um, if you want to make a true comparison, it has to be square meter. Okay. Like a, unit, okay. a, surf, a surface, a surface, uh, um, uh, a unit of surface, right? Yeah. And then additionally, because fabrics have completely different um, um, usage time, no, like durability. Durability. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, you have to also in the denominator. Mm -hmm. Have to consider time or some some sort of unit of time, and time used is perfectly. Um, um, it's another metric. It's it's perfectly acceptable for right. for that for that specific uh, comparison. I think we were looking into fabrics and um, although different fabrics are used for different purposes, but the the example of Gore-Tex for yeah. instance, which is a super extremely technical fabric. Yeah. Um, but compared to cotton, like the durability that Gore-Tex uh, has, it's way longer. Yeah. Like a product yeah. made of Gore-Tex, it's so much more durable compared to uh, a product made of cotton, for instance. But, he's, but it might have a more impactful production yeah. process. Yep. So that's another probably um, another thing to take in consideration. Yeah, um, that that's, that's that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, I think it's worth doing a an an, an exhaustive exhaustive um, survey of that uh, those studies um, and like cross examine them, compare them. Right. Uh, and see what what non obvious conclusions you you gonna um, you gonna take from 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 that. Uh, for for me, it's not obvious. It's it's not it's not obvious uh, at all. Um, I think we've been pretty surprised looking at uh, reports yeah, and yeah, uh, really putting our minds into question. Like we question yeah. many things, but. So you mentioned about data and yeah. how difficult right. it is for, or it could be for smaller brands to undertake the road of life cycle assessment. Would you like to discuss that a bit further? Yeah. Uh, so this is something that I might um, be more, a bit more qualified to, to talk about. Um, so yeah, this is basically before this, we were having this conversation about um, um, how something similar to uh, 
open software in the in the in the fashion industry could solve the problem. So it's it's obviously so right now if you want to do an LCA you have to pay licenses like you have the softwares that basically what what they have is um, data libraries. You know, like once you start accounting for all the industrial processes, so you need to you need to know uh, what in, went into the 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 um, every little bit of fabric, like different types of fabric, what what went into all of them, logistics, um, like all all of that requires an exhaustive uh, research process, right? And big companies obviously. They have they have access to this data. Mm -hmm. so some of it is in the in the public um, public sphere, but it's like research. So if you're a university researcher, you have access to. You have probably your your university has access to all this um, information. And so, um, so in in the software industry, there's this notion of uh, open source software. So literally, companies they. Um, they offer their intellectual property to the community right. and, and then it becomes a community effort right um, and so companies like like leading companies like Facebook Google all of them have software built in-house out in the in the open that smaller companies can use can contribute to and this is was this is just was just some it, it was an understanding that um, the, the 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 software industry came to like if if we all share like this is this is a tie that lifts all boats we can make the whole process more resilient um, by allowing like among other things literally allowing other smaller contributors to be in almost equal well not equal but a much like slightly more equal footing to compete Mm -hmm. Yes. So that just makes everything more more resilient, and also the the moment um, is like this notion where in a um, in a uh, knowledge economy, um, the the person like the authority, the person sharing the the knowledge, um, like just by the fact that they're sharing what they know, they become like that becomes an asset. Now that person is an authority, right? Um, and they can use that for economic purpose, they can, for economic gain, right? And so, um, similar idea could be in the fashion industry, where you know, if if you're a big brand and if you just uh, produce the bunch, produce an LCA, if you have all these data sitting around, it's having a common framework to share all of this, so that smaller brands could also. Um, have a way of have a way of um, substantiating the claims, the sustainability claims, and obviously, like in terms of uh, like pure economic gain, they would be in a better position to compete. Right, that's a that's a very interesting perspective, and one the the open source notion is something that really got me. Um, interested um when i when i did my when i put my first steps into into the tech world did and you have to pay for any licenses did i have to pay for any license yeah, the software you used 
the software I use, I'm currently using all open source softwares, which is uh, pretty amazing and is completely at the opposite side of the spectrum from what I came from. Coming from the fashion industry, moving into tech, um, even just, just slightly, um, it's a completely, it's been a completely game changer. So throughout all my studies, I've been trained to use paid license softwares yeah. for, uh, from, you know, photography to video and, and so on. And, and now moving away from that, uh, from that mindset and from the idea that, um, there's only one software that you can use, but actually you can, the community is providing you um, materials that you can use and you can use for free. It's, it's amazing. And this notion of open source, it's, uh, it's amazing. And I can see how it can be very extremely beneficial for the fashion industry and for people that they really want to lift up um, the community uh, and they want to come come together and share knowledge and uh, build a better industry. A great example is, for instance, like what IDE are you using currently? Like the, is a visual, visual code, visual studio. Visual oh, studio code. Visual, visual studio code. That, so that's, that's a Microsoft initiative, totally open, open source. And it's actually quite good. I like traditionally, I always like stayed away from Microsoft products. They, right. were, they were like the bad guys, like they were uh, closed source right and they completely change now they 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 have a really big uh, uh, open source presence and so that that software is open source you're using it yes you're not paying licenses yes and there's all there's a big component of uh, community contributions to it right right but the, also the notion of github which yeah. is uh, a platform for code sharing or code yeah. Hosting. Can you describe it as such, or would you describe it in any other way? No, no, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. This is, uh, and anyone can uh, can upload, can contribute to other people's projects with uh, with code and uh, implementation. Um, for me, that was, that was new. And another thing is uh, Stack Overflow, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is uh, a community uh, platform where anyone can share questions and get answers by people in the community, which is another great thing and another way to build this open source community. So going back to the, to the fashion industry, um, as, I was, as I was mentioning, I think this is a great uh, mindset that uh, should be implemented in the fashion industry, the fact of making the fashion industry open source. Um, but how, could that be part of an industry that is so competitive and is actually thriving for competition? So uh, I'm going to just give an example here. Uh, talking about technology, blockchain um, has been used to track uh, supply chain and to track transparency when it comes to uh, fake goods throughout the, the industry. But the issue with that, that is not been working as fine, uh, has not been that successful, is the fact that brands are not willing to share data. They're not willing to uh, help each other if, yeah. if you want. So how can open source become a thing in a fashion industry when competition is in place? 
at some point there's like the shift when sharing becomes a competitive advantage so it's like oh I'll it becomes so at some point sharing becomes the, the default so if you're not sharing it's like hey Microsoft like how come you're not sharing anything like look at look at Google um, look at Facebook they all have like open source libraries like where's what is the open source library um, you know so and that that becomes the the status quo so how how do we go from here to 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 there i have no idea i i, I have no idea um i think it's a tough one it's a tough question because it, like in terms of software it was just a movement that that grew out of you know like people contributing to to projects on their own like research it was very research intensive like people working from from universities right and there was this notion of what we're producing is our wealth is to share with everyone mm -hmm. and so uh, once people realize okay there's actually money to be made here there was like this constant struggle between like this constant conflict between those that wanted to um those that wanted to share everything with those that no, no, no I'm gonna, you know, like if you just, uh, if you just put a fence around the beach and you charge entry, like you can make a lot of money. Right. Um, the issue with industries, and I'm not referring just to the fashion industry, but other industries as well, is the fact that you have to make money. You have to, uh, to be successful. Your company has to have has to make money. So yeah, you don't have to share everything. You can share just a bit. You don't have to, you, you know, you don't have to give all the intellectual property away. But if somehow you produce assets that would benefit everyone, um, you know, it would be just, you know, this, the same way brands are worried about um, sustainability. Like it's like certainly reusing uh high intense intensive intensity like crops like lower the cost of cotton like just just destroy everything to produce garments like with with the, the as cheap as possible would benefit the, the you know in terms of economic gain right um but there's like this public outcry for s sustainable goods yeah and and so that shifts when consumers start demanding yeah, it could be it could be um, consumer driven. So th this is more like a personal story. Um, after finishing uni, and uh, you know, like you go through mechanical engineer, you kind of do a bit of research, um, and like coming at the time I finished the uni. It was like doing the, 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 the first boom of uh, startups in Lisbon. And so um, that, that was in fact where I, I got one of my first jobs um, outside of, of, of university. Right. And uh, what, what attracted me uh, more to that world was the way, I never seen anything like that, like just, just the way people, just the way people share um, assets in this in this industry it, it felt so 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 fresh you know it felt like, okay i want to be a part of this and coming coming from from academia where um you, you know like people now are talking about um 
you know, open open research, and you you, you produce some some piece of re- research, and it's they're all out in the open. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it's it's still mainly the case that if you want to access research, you have to pay for it, and those licenses they don't they don't come come cheap. Right. And there's no uh, again that changed a lot, but. Um, you know, before before GitHub, like Git, Git had been around since I don't know how long, yeah, but like sharing, uh, like community driven software was was something. Um, it, it wasn't easy to access the the the, the those the, those groups. You know, uh, now you go on GitHub, you have no URL, and you're contributing in half a second. Basically, right. You create a pull request, submit for review. Boom! You can have it. Um, you can have your code merged just like that. Um, and so, it was definitely something that that pulled me into uh, web development. Right. And but now now you see the good you know like software is eating the world, and you see the good practices of software like being imported to other other practices so you know academia research like it's unthinkable not to produce it without like sharing it's like okay if you did something okay what was the repo yeah where's the where's, where's the research you know yeah i think we'll probably go towards that um that path just to 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 wrap it up uh if anyone uh listening to this wants to share stories or wants to share knowledge on lifecycle assessment or anything that is related we're, we're all ears and uh, we're happy to to discuss to further discuss the idea of sharing conversation there there are more more technicals it comes from a place of really wanting to learn from other and different industries because it is more than ever i think it's so important to engage with other industries really listen and really learn from people like like you Flavio that obviously has a completely different experience and knowledge than mine but nevertheless interesting and uh, thank you for your time for sharing and uh, maybe we'll have more conversation in the future definitely thank you thank you so much for listening to this episode if you enjoyed please subscribe to this podcast and share it with anyone who might be interested as it would really help to spread the message